Relational Model series has been cultivated in hopes of helping college-age students on their journey into relationship building. In these upcoming conversations, host Aziza Gore and co-host Derek Scott dive into the realities of maintaining different relationships, boundaries, and expectations, all while remaining true to self and personal values. We hope this resource serves you well. And now for episode two, Intimate Relationships. So the first category of your relational model is intimate. Yep. Can you define that for me? So the intimate space, this is the space that is uh, deeply you. It's, it's the, it's all of you. It's, it's the most honest part of you. It is um, the beautiful parts, the ugly parts, the, the um, memories that you can't, you know, even keep from coming up but it's also the aspirations and hope of the future it's mm-hmm. all of that stuff it is right. the it is it, and and it's the the precious part of you it's the mm. part that is most uh it, it it it's the part that is easiest to hurt because it's so true mm-hmm. and so because of that that part of your life and yes I do think that it is healthy to share that part of yourself with others. And I want to be careful about others. (laughs) I actually think that because it is so precious that when you let someone into that space, it is extremely expensive, extremely relationally expensive. And so um, I encourage people to protect this space above all else. Mm -hmm. And while I do think that it's okay to share this part of yourself, I don't think it's okay to share this part of yourself with lots of people. Mm. Um, I often think, though, I, I know of um, context that this is not always true, but I often think that our sexuality is a part of this intimate space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanna be clear, it's not just our sexuality. It really is all of that deeper stuff under the surface, deeply under the surface. Um, if, if there was a illustration of a house and your whole relational model is a house, I would say that your bedroom is the intimate space. Right. And um, again, I think that it's, it's the most beautiful part, but also the most delicate. And so, not everybody should get in that space. In fact, I think it's the space that people must earn the right to enter in, not just assume they have it. Right. How many, how many people? Yeah. So I think uh, definitely one person. Mm. And because I'm, uh, and this is where my faith is embedded within right. the model, um, I would say that Jesus um, is the one person that definitely has earned the right to be in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would hope that within someone's faith practice, they would be opening themselves up to Jesus, to what Jesus wants to say, to take in Jesus, Jesus' words, Jesus' presence into that intimate space. And so that has lots of implications about um, faith and uh, you know, personal, um, a personal relationship with Jesus. I think that's where that, that sits mm-hmm. in the intimate space. Other than Jesus, I, I, I struggle to say that anyone else should definitely be in the intimate space. 
um, particularly as it relates to the continued maintenance of our relational model that I've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I should say a significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, person you're dating, whatever, should be in the intimate space. I, I don't assume that. I don't say that immediately. Like I think that even someone who um, you're dating does not necessarily deserve to be in that space. There are some, you know, actions that then follow that, right? But the, the point I want to make is I would not ever want someone to think that they should just have a door, wide open policy, wide right. door policy about their intimate space. Right. And there are some friends of mine that I have actually suggested that their spouses should not be in their intimate space. Wow. And, and here's one of the things, because again, it's so delicate, so precious, so much you. When someone enters, they see all of you. Yeah. And nothing's held back. There are no, um, there's no hiding in that space. Mm-hmm. It is you. It's naked you. But then if you open yourself up to that kind of interaction with another human being, and they don't realize how precious that is, the damage that person can do will affect every other space, all the other relationships. Wow. Because someone has wounded you in the most delicate of spaces. And this is why I think that people have to earn the right to be in that space. No one deserves to be in that space. And if you let someone in, and then you have to kick them out, Mm -hmm. or they leave. Yeah. The pain that's inflicted, the pain that is born, is just, I mean, sometimes it's, it's without words. So when you were talking in the first episode about what we expect from people and what mm-hmm. we give out, so this is a highly vulnerable. Yes. So let me define those terms. I didn't define them uh, in the last episode. So when I talk about vulnerability i'm specifically framing it as what you bring to the space what you bring to those relationships Mm -hmm. and then when i talk about expectation it is what you're hoping to get back what you're hoping to to receive and again that's where the agreements must come in there must be agreements that because all relationships have some sort of reciprocity and the idea that we would think that they didn't um is not a good way of entering into relationships. It's, it's that, that gap of expectation that often creates relational tension. And so every single relationship that we have has some kind of give, take. give and take. Yeah. Um, not necessarily equal. Um, and I would actually argue that it's never equal. Mm-hmm. As much as, again, we'd like to believe that it is, it's not. So um, there is that agreement of what I'm bringing, my vulnerability, mm-hmm. and what you are giving back the expectation. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I use those terms in this model. I know that there are other ways of thinking about those terms, but that's how I use them in this model. So in the intimate space, um, I believe that it is extremely high vulnerability. What I bring to the intimate space is extremely high. And part of that is even if it's not even if it's just kind of high, not extremely high, it will always feel like it's extremely high. I will always feel like I am bringing more to the space. And so 
in the relational model, I've just acknowledged that as a rule that we, in all of the spaces, we will always feel like we are bringing more than we ever get back. Even if people are working as hard as they can. Yeah. And I think that's just um, a way of being honest with ourselves that um, those feelings of being in relationship always come at a cost to us that may not always be perceived or, or even felt in the reciprocity of that. So extremely high vulnerability which is then met with high expectation. Mm. And if you let someone in who isn't aware into the intimate space, that isn't aware, it isn't going to honor the fact that you are giving everything to this space. If they don't honor that, they don't deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. And so this is where the other spaces that we'll talk about really come in. So the person in the intimate space needs to be really careful about things like criticism. Mm. Because should they be able to say what they think? Yes, but realize what you're speaking to. Right. <laughs> you're speaking to someone that has opened themselves up. You see right. everything. That's so vulnerable. Yeah. That is so scary. And if you're going to come back with darts and like issues and always got something to say like in that space it is so delicate you got you do you do have to walk softly in the intimate space yes you do and if you're not here for that maybe you don't deserve to be in the intimate space mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that there are not other voices that are going to speak to those things and not other ways to speak to those things but in the intimate space oh yeah because it's super high vulnerability the high expectation comes with recognizing that what you say carries so much weight yeah, and can do so much damage. So what are some things people should consider before they allow someone into that space? Yeah, I mean, again, uh, you earn the right mm -hmm. to be in that space. So have they earned it? It's, we're talking about high level, levels of trust, right? Mm -hmm. And trust that has been um, worked out over time. That, that has been realized over time. Um, I think you need to remember that once someone's in the space, they're, they're sent, if you will, will always be in that space. Mm. So if they leave, you know, this is why when someone, when, when someone who's had an incredible marriage mm -hmm. and their spouse dies, there's no replacing that spouse. They may even remarry, but the truth is the scent of that person will always be yeah. in their life. Yeah. There will always be physical objects that will remind them of that spouse because it's been incredible. It was incredible. And yeah, they took, they took up space in the intimate part of our lives and no one else will ever be able to take up that space. That space will be empty mm. because that was their corner of their intimate life. Yeah. Vice versa, when someone has been hurt in a marriage, part of the depth of that pain is because you let someone into that space who didn't honor it. Yeah. And so that that's pain that you will never paint over. Mm. You may be able to reconcile with it, but you'll it'll always be there. And so again, you want to be really, really careful about who you let in that space. You want to be really careful to make sure that they've earned the right to be there and they recognize what is expected of them if they're going to walk into that space. Right. Um, within the model, I have what I call windows. 
And the reason why I have the windows is that there are these folks in our lives that kind of don't fit so much in one space as much as they are kind of in the middle of spaces. Um, and uh, the thing about a window, if you think about a window in a house, most windows you're able to see into the house, but not the whole house. You get to see certain parts of the house. Mm-hmm. and often the person in the house gets to determine how much you get to see, right? Yeah. Um, they get to decide if they're going to close the curtains for now or keep them open. Excuse me. So one of the windows for the intimate space is often for a counselor or therapist, mm-hmm. someone who gets to look into the window but isn't in the intimate space. Right. Um, pastors often can be in that space. Sometimes you'll have really close friends that are in the window Um, sometimes you'll have, um, sometimes that's where the spouse goes. The spouse goes into the window because for whatever reason, they haven't earned the right Mm -hmm. to fully be there. And again, that's, there's maintenance here of the model, right? And so this could be shocking to some people who are like, you mean that, is there a chance the married person might not ever make it into the intimate space? (laughs) They're not willing to do the work and don't, don't lie to me. Sometimes people marry folks who are not willing to do the work. It's not enough to get divorced, but it's not enough to necessarily say that they're going to be in the intimate space. Get to see it. Yeah. Get to be in there. And again, I actually think that's okay. I think it's completely reasonable for some people to only have Jesus in that intimate space. Yeah. I don't think it's healthy for there to not be any other human that at least gets to look through a window of the intimate space. Right. I do think that people need to see it, yeah. to be able to speak to it. But even then, people in the window, there's a degree of vulnerability and degree of expectation coming in there, and that's about agreements. And those agreements um, need to be understood and agreed upon, particularly when it comes to the intimate space, because it is so delicate. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.